0: Hey listeners, welcome to The Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Connie Ellison. Connie is an engineer, professional organizer, and author. She inspires people to clear the space and declutter their lives. So, Connie, thank you for coming on today. I'm glad we were able to get you on.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Josh.
0: I like to start with this question and kind of, you know, introduce you to the audience. But let's take it. What kind of motivated you? What kind of got you interested in... Engineering, because that's where you start, If I'm correct, please correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, it's what got you into that. It's
1: not that it's not very noble, but <laughs> when I when I got my degree, I, it, women's lib days were really big. So I thought maybe I should do something. I should do a man's job, show I could do it. And <laughs> it's always been fun to be able to say I'm an engineer. So there's a couple things I like about it. I love maps and I love geometry. So I get to do that, and it's given me lots of flexibility, but it's not my favorite. I started as an art major, and many so many years later, I'm wondering, what if I just stuck with that? I wasn't sure how I'd make a living, and back when I went to college, this was a chance to make a living with a four-year degree, so that's kind of how I went.
0: No, I think that's cool. Engineering is definitely, it is noble. I think we need engineers and things like that. So what kind of did you do, like... After you graduated, what was what what were you kind of what field did you kind of get into
1: i went i went into it's called land development almost immediately, and people don't realize that everything that we use in the world gets engineered so like even the streets they have to be a certain slope and so you don't end up with big bumps in the road as you're driving down you have a smooth mm-hmm. transition to everything so i I do grading plans and drainage. That's the main thing what I do. Utility plans, so all the stuff that you don't really see that's kind of in the background, the pipes underground, and how they connect together and don't run into each other. Hopefully, um,
0: so that's that's cool. So you kind of build like the infrastructure of cities and
1: yeah, it's the infrastructure, the civic part. It's the part outside the building. So. Every once in a while, a client will say, well, "What am I going to do about this wall?" and blah blah blah. And I'm like, five feet out of the, gr- the building is that's where I start. Don't ask me <laughs> anything about the building. That's structural engineers <laughs> or somebody else. So I don't do windows.
0: That's cool. I think uh, a lot of people don't even realize that there's multiple paths, like in engineering. And engineering's it's difficult. I, I mean, I don't know, but I've talked with people that go into that. or in school currently for that. It's, it's not easy. No, it's not an easy job. So, uh, it's good. We have people like you to do that. So what kind of helped you switch to now you're like a professional organizer and you wrote a book, correct? About organizing your lives and decluttering. What kind of shifted you from that to there?
1: Well, it was, it's kind of in the, in the back door, like around after nine 11, the kind of work that I do, it tends to be pretty boom and bust and it goes with the construction, like the home building cycle. If it goes down, then my workload goes down. So I I had been laid off four times in six years because of oh, wow. markets that would somebody would say, we're going to build all these drugstores or whatever in Denver. And then they decide to go somewhere else or not not even do it. So then I, I lost one job that way. So after four of those, I said, hmm, might be time for a new career. I realized that I enjoyed organizing my desk better than the work. So um, I thought maybe professional engineering might be fun. And then I had already written three other books on different subjects. And I was also a recovering organizing book junkie. Like I'd buy all the new books. I'd try this stuff and then I'd get to the 90 percent mark and then i'd stop i'd never go all the way with my organizing the house or whatever so i i finally got on me that there might be something else going on than just the perfect method so that's what led me to come up with my idea for this book which covers not just your stuff clutter but also your emotional clutter and the emotional clutter and physical body clutter so i tried to make it holistic or you know well-rounded and it's been fascinating that
0: there, there's the, what's that one book? I'm sure you've probably read it where uh, they say to like, look at something and if it doesn't bring you happiness, get rid of it. Yeah. And that's like a form of decluttering
1: life changing magic of tidying up. That's the most famous organizing book. And it's sold millions of copies. That's, that's another thing that inspired me like, and, but again, even though it's a wonderful book, it's, it's mostly about a method of decluttering. Whereas, my book covers a lot more than just go a gotcha. way to declutter.
0: I think that's interesting. I think that especially right, like that is important right, to keep your space clean. i I'm really big on like when you're establishing habits right in your life, your environment, I think, is the number one thing, but also you have to have your mind right as well. So I kind of want to ask this what How would you kind of help organize, I guess their mind? What would be the way you do that?
1: I'd probably ask them, in my book, there's several, there's several sections on different emotions that you could declutter out of your life or make it a, make it a goal. The biggest one is guilt. We all feel guilty about how did my house get to this point or why is my office such a mess and how can I let it be this way? And so all that stuff doesn't, it just holds you back from anything else that you'd want to do, including organizing your space. So if you can just set that aside for the moment, decide I'll be guilty tomorrow or whatever. It's, it's a kind of a self self journey. You have to figure out for yourself, which emotions are standing in your way in the book. I also have several different methods of getting rid of some of those emotional blocks. Some are very, very simple, such as just being self-aware, talking to your friends or talking to a counselor or doing some journaling or whatever. Probably one of the best tips that I put in there that I kind of came to me lately, late in the book writing was a thing called the 10 minute do nothing meditation. And it's where you sit down and may hopefully look out the window or look at something beautiful that's nice to look at. And you don't do anything at all for 10 minutes. You don't pray or think or meditate or plan. You're just sitting there getting bored with yourself and you'll get the most amazing ideas that'll that'll show up in your head it's kind of like your higher self saying don't don't forget to get on the podcast or <laughs> <laughs> i didn't do that this morning anyway um yeah it's it's a process and it's i've done lots of there's energy healing techniques that are super easy to use and you can do them yourself the the one i recommend most to people is called tapping or emotional freedom technique. And it's pretty famous. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's tons of videos on the internet for how to do it. And you you basically talk about what's bugging you and you even talk in the negative. Like, I'm so mad that I keep putting this off and I keep not decluttering my closet and so forth. You talk about that and you're tapping on your face and around the upper part of your body. And these places where you tap are the endpoints of the meridians that they use in acupuncture. And it's, it has a super calming effect. It just calms down your amygdala, your fight or flight part of your brain. There's, there's been tons of studies on how effective this this stuff is. And within just 10 or 15 minutes, maybe even five minutes, you can calm yourself way down and get off some rabbit, you know, hamster wheel thing that you're stuck on that's making you feel like, I don't want to do this, I can't do this. I'm terrible. I haven't done it so far. Anyway, you can use it for all sorts of things.
0: I think it's, to your point, I think it's important to take that, like to slow down sometimes, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. we get so caught up in life, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're like, go, 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 go type of thing. Especially I find myself in that category as well. It's like, oh, let's go. But what's actually fun is you mentioned the 10 minute uh, meditation or whatever. And it's funny because that's actually how I find like inspiration and like motivate myself to actually do things because I'll be like working, then I'll just be exhausted. What I'll Well, what I'll do is I'll kind of take a step back and I'll just sit there for 10 minutes or however long and just let my thoughts wander. And I think you're right. You get some pretty interesting ideas, some interesting like I, yeah, interesting ideas in your mind and like how you can act on that. So I think that brings me to this question, right? Like we've calmed ourselves down. We've slowed down. How do we actually take that step to act and, you know, do what we need to do? Like whether it's organizing, you know, our physical space, our emotional state or mental, whatever it may be.
1: Well, the the biggest step to get there, I mean, ultimately the goal is to have an organized space that works for you. So what I and a lot of organizers do is i will have you, come up with a dream for how you'd like to spend your time and your in your, in your office or your home, basically because how you spend your time is how how you spend your life. So for me, my, my favorite dream location or dream home is a well-stocked vacation condo. It's beautiful. It's got all the basics that you need for daily life, but there's no clutter. There's, there might be some nice decor, but, um, all the junk is out of there. So, if you hold that up for yourself as a dream, something to work towards, that that's a lot better than say than just, oh man, I got to get this cleared out cuz somebody told me I have to and it'll be better and I don't really want to. I really don't want to. But if you're if you're working towards a favorite dream, like I want to want to have the house like army barracks minimalism. So I can spend my time going out, doing adventures. I can go hiking or hang gliding or whatever I like to do and not have to worry about the house needing attention. Or maybe you just want to have some, a cozy space. Maybe you like, maybe your home buddy like to spend, spend Mm -hmm. time at home and just have wonderful surroundings. So putting that dream out in front of you is a lot more compelling than just, I got to do this because somebody told me I need to or it's driving me crazy. I know I have to, but I don't really want to.
0: So wh- why do you, people like hold on to stuff then, right? If they have that dream, what kind of holds them back, I guess? Why why do they go ahead and hold on to those things, even though it may be holding them back?
1: It's There's so many different reasons and each person has a different reason. But one of the physiological things is that our brain has a little trigger inside of it that says, once I put my hands on this item, it's mine and I don't want to let go of that's it. True. So that's why s- some really smart retailers like Apple and so forth, they, they let you do get hands on with those computers and really get in there and start, you know, playing with them. Cause as soon as you do that, then, then you're like, I got to have it. It's mine. And I'm not going to let it go. So they say that there's, there's even a small reaction in your brain that's like a minor cut or a a burn you know a minor burn it's painful a paper Uh cut you know something that's like oh it really hurts to let go of that so that's that's the start of it and that's why me and most organizers recommend starting with something super easy to declutter that you don't have a real emotional connection to everybody keeps lots of stuff that somebody gave me that gift and if I give it away, they'll be mad, or what if I forget about them because I don't have that item in front of me anymore? Which doesn't doesn't happen. You're not gonna forget about them, number one. And mm-hmm. I did have one thing where I kept a hold of a little doodad that somebody had given me years earlier because I was afraid she'd see I didn't have it anymore and be mad at me. And when I mentioned it to her, she didn't even remember that she'd given it to me. So it's really all in our own heads. Why we keep keep a hold of things
0: that's fascinating, I think so I actually had a grandmother she she would uh she would hold on to every like literally everything like we found uh these shirts where they would like cut things up and she kept the the leftovers of that stuff in a box in the basement so then when she passed or whatever we uh when we went to clean it out, we're like, oh my goodness, like there was so much stuff and It's just a burden, right, to get, like, do we get rid of this? Some of it was easy. It was like, yeah, why did we keep this? But I think you're right. I think every person's different of why they hold on to things. So my parents think that the reason why she held on to that stuff was because she grew up during the Depression era. So it's like they didn't have a lot of stuff. So it's like, oh, we need to keep it. Like, we need to use every possible use for this. But then, right, as time went on and times got better, it was like, oh, Look like you don't need to hold on to it, but they still have that mindset, right? Of like we need to hold on to this stuff.
1: If you think about it, a lot of stuff and things that terrible things that happen nowadays they don't last terribly long. I mean, the pandemic was kind of long, but the depression went on for five years. So if you can imagine being in the in the mindset for five years, I may literally never be able to afford this again. That makes it, and it yeah. it just goes on and on and on. That that it kind of it, it's understandable that people would hold on to things because if you think you can never afford it again you're probably wise to keep it and then and then a lot of us we've had those grandparents and then our parents picked it up from them and so it just keeps going through the generation so
0: yeah don't want to get rid of some of the stuff right like so how do you kind of just do it i guess like just take that step and say you know what let's just get rid of this It's not serving me like any purpose.
1: Well, it's, it's nice to find a motivation for clearing things out that, that speaks to you and inspires you. Like if you, for me, I'm really big about conservation of energy and water and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if I think about an item that it's kind of a nice item, but I literally never use it. I think all the energy that went into producing that item is stuck because it's sitting there and nobody's using it. So if I donate it and someone else gets some use out of it, then the energy is reborn. And it's and that makes me feel good to know that it's being put to use by someone else, even if I'm not. So that's an inspiration for me. And then other people may have something completely different
0: that inspires them. So I have a whole list of those in my book, too. Wow. that, that I think that's that's so cool. I think that right a lot of people, they hold on to that stuff and what, what ends up happening, right? Like they, they don't want to get rid of it and stuff. And I like the point you made with energy, I think, right? Cause oftentimes we think of energy like, Oh, put gas in a car and it goes forward. Right. But we don't, we don't really think about, you know, the production of, you know, goods, services. Right. And if we don't use it, then to your point, right. Donate it, cancel, cancel that subscription. I think that's something a lot of People, especially that, you know, are in college or just, they fall into that subscription trap, right? They get, and then they just forget about it and they don't, they don't use it. And I'm like, especially gym memberships, that's how they're structured, right? Like you go buy a gym membership and there's a reason why they make a lot of money. It's because not not too many people use exactly. them. It's just, to your point, it's wasted energy. And
1: Well, we didn't, we didn't mention my, the name of my book, Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. And that the energy that's released when you declutter is is as important as the space. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but
0: I'm going to no,
1: go talk about energy when you get done with your thoughts. So,
0: no, I I think that's great. Uh, don't feel bad if you need to interrupt me. I, I I like the thoughts that you're giving us today, and I and that's I mean we could even take a more practical approach to this, right? When you put gas into a car, right? It burns off emissions, right? Regardless, I'm like, that's the released energy, right? So it's, uh, I mean, I don't don't know much about energy at all, really. But from what I know is like, what you put in, there's some stuff that are released, right? And just, you can grab onto it, or it's just out in the air, whatever. And then some of it's used to, you know, propel it forward, be useful to society or whatever. But that's kind of all the thoughts I had. Uh, Did you have some more you wanted to say?
1: Well, there's, there's the energy of going to the store and buying the thing and then taking it to donate. So if you can talk yourself into not buying it in the first place, that's, that's the ultimate in decluttering. But, um, and I, I realized that at the very end of writing this book and it took a really long time because my engineering work did start accelerating again. I stopped I stopped getting jobs and then, then I started doing uh, consulting. So so now I have lots of engineering and not as much organizing. But so it took me a long time to write it because I was so busy getting back with engineering. So I realized that the inner, you know, you feel that exhilaration or tingle when you declutter an area. Mm-hmm. You look into it and you say, oh, yeah. it so it feels so good. <laughs> that's indoor. Yes, that's that's the same chemicals that go through your body when you feel happy. And also when you have, say, you eat some spicy food and your brain thinks, uh-oh, sh- he's getting burned. So they, so your brain sends out some painkilling chemicals and you feel better. A few minutes later, you're like, dang, that's some good chili. You just feel really good, right? So that's endorphins. And then I realized that when you go exercise for half an hour, whether you walk or run or something, that's pretty famous for endorphins are released. That's why some people Mm -hmm. get addicted to exercise, but it feels good. And then when you have an emotional Mm -hmm. release, that's the biggest rush of all. It's like even something super simple, like you're very, very upset about something and you have a little have a cry, a good cry or even a little cry. And then you feel Mm -hmm. better a few minutes later. It's the same release. So it's all of a sudden I said, oh, my goodness, the rush is just as important as anything else, because the rush can improve your immune system. Endorphins, being happy, blah, blah, blah. It was all triggered by something that I read in a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. This book is called Becoming Supernatural. And that's uncommon. The common people doing uncommon things. That's similar to the subtitle. Anyway, he had a A conference several years ago, we had 120 people that were going to be there for four days and they, they agreed to his experiment, which was he tested them with a cheek swab at the beginning of this four days for immunoglobulin A, which is a chemical, a protein that shows just how strong your immune system is right now. And then he Um, asked each of them to spend 10 minutes, three times a day being happy or putting themselves in a high vibrational, emotional state, which is like happiness, joy, love, gratitude. And then he tested them at the end of the four days, and their their immunoglobulin A had gone up an average of 50%. And so he said, huh. this, is, this is from 30 minutes a day of being happy. And, and it's way stronger than any flu shot or vitamin C or anything else like that that you might bring in from the outside. And it's all in your body, and it's actually under your control. So that to me, that was pretty exciting. And, and then I put that together with feng shui, they say that there's stuck energy in your, when you crowded closet, it's all like, eh. and when you release it, you get that energy too. You get, it, you know, it goes through you and you feel better. So, so I'm like decluttering can improve your health in this way, as well as so many others. But, um, but that's pretty exciting, especially with people being worried about their health. So much as they have the past few years, but, uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff you can do on your own. It doesn't cost any money and doesn't have any side effects.
0: I didn't know that. That's wow. It's almost like that sense of, like as human beings, we need to accomplish things, right? Like as we do something, right. And when we finish that task, it's rewarding, right? And you get that rush of endorphins. It's like, Oh, let's go. But I would even say it motivates you to do more, right? Like, it's like, well, I did this. Let's let's go again. Let's try this now. And you just keep going and you keep going down that path. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there was a guy that retired from the Navy SEALs. And he said that the first thing, it wasn't like go work out. It wasn't any of those things that like all these other people are telling. He's like, the first thing you got to do is make your bed. Because it just gives you that slight rush of like a sense of accomplishment. Of, like, Hey. Like we did that like good job and it makes your room look nice and and it yeah, I think it's important to uh, always always start small like some people have these big dreams right for themselves like what they want to accomplish that day and like sometimes when you start small and build up that you know the things that you're accomplishing that day so then by the end of the day you're like, man, I did all that like that is crazy <laughs> Like it, it's an interesting um, thing. So I, I want to ask this, what would you say is just the best habit or something that people can start today that could help, you know, get those endorphins, that sense of accomplishment, help declutter their lives. What would be that kind of that first habit or first thing they can do?
1: That's well, some of the stuff I've talked about like doing the tapping or learning about it, or as you say, my mom used to say, Make Get up, make your bed. You're ready for the day. And it is the biggest, usually the biggest item in your room. So when you clear it off, Mm -hmm. you are basically cleaning up the the biggest item in your room. So it makes the biggest impact. But one of the tapping people, they said they don't just rush right into something right away. They actually sit down and think about the stuff that they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And if they feel some kind of a... Oh, I don't really want to do that. Or, you know, they, they know they want mm-hmm. to, but they can't, can't get themselves started. And actually your ideas are quite good to start with something small and build up your momentum. So that's, that's even another way to, to bring the rush along. And um one of the things I've done for several years, either at night before I go to bed or sometimes first thing in the morning is I'll, I have this journal where I'll write down five things that I accomplished the day before that I'm proud of. I call them props. So it's basically acknowledging yourself for getting stuff done. And it could be something super small, or it could be something that you've been putting off for a long time. And then I write down five things that I'm grateful for. And that sort of puts me in a good mood. And I think a lot of us wake up in a bad mood because we well we're, we're sad or depressed because we've had weird dreams, and we don't remember the dream, but we remember the feeling so to do something that gets you out of that as soon as possible, it's probably one of the best things you could do in the morning. The tapping's super easy, but um it could be something else could be even just enjoying your first cup of coffee or doing the ten minute meditation that's that's another good way to get out oh, yeah. of the get out of the morning blues. <laughs> So I think not, not trying to take on too many things during the day. We talk about decluttering your goals and decluttering your to-do list. And so most of us, we don't plan to do something fun every day or something that we love that speaks to our passion. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like if you... The, the old advice about your when your money comes in, put 10% away or 5% away for, you know, for investment or, or paying off debt or whatever. Don't pay yourself first. If you don't do it, then you never will because there won't be any money left over at the end of the month. Same thing with your time. If you don't spend some time every day or at least every week working on something that really gins you up and makes you excited and passionate, then when are you going to do it? If you just fill it up with mindless exactly. tasks all the time, then you're you're never gonna get there. So it's it's really important to keep doing stuff that you love because that's that's why you're here. That's why you're alive and that's exactly. why that's you know, don't let it all get frittered away with social media or which makes you feel like you're doing stuff but you're not really accomplishing anything. It makes you feel busy but not not really achieving anything.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you bring up an excellent Point too i think especially with social media so I mean, you mentioned a little bit earlier that like you can eventually right get addicted to these things like exercise or you know social media is a great example so how do you kind of uh i guess <laughs> let that not happen i guess fall into that addiction trap
1: i mean it's, there's nothing wrong with being addicted to exercise because <laughs> it's one of the best it's true one of the best ways to um, increase your health and your the the longevity of your life is exercise some every day so i was i just made that as a as a kind of a joke but Uh, most people don't exercise to that extent where they get where they're spending all their time on it but um to spend some to have that's another good reason to do something every day that you really look forward to is because if you think mm-hmm. about doing that thing, and especially this is one of the big points i make in my organizing part of my book, your organizing your stuff, which is to do it with an eye towards making it easy to work on your hobby or get out the door and go for a walk. Whatever you love to do, maybe you don't love to go for a mm-hmm. walk, but something that you enjoy and is fulfilling, not just watching TV. I, I read once many years ago that a lot of kids... Teenagers, they they'd actually like to do something besides zone out in front of the TV. But it takes it's so much more effort to get the model mm-hmm. plane parts out or, or whatever. When the TV is so easy, you can just sit down in front of it and you're good. Exactly. So if you set set your house up or your office in when you're organizing it with an eye towards making it super easy, like no nothing in the way of getting to that hobby or working on that wonderful project that you love so much then you're much more likely to gravitate towards that versus just spending a bunch of time frittering it away
0: yeah i think so again i think it comes back to the energy too like especially with the tv right as human beings we don't want to spend like we want to preserve ourselves right so we don't want to spend as much energy but at the same time some of the most fulfilling things require a lot of energy for us to put in. exactly i think that's One of the more interesting things, it's, I I always like to say this, like what you put in is what you get out type of thing, right? So if all it requires you is to sit in front of a TV, it's like, that's great. You'll learn things, right? I I don't view anyone like, like you can go ahead and do that. I'm not going to judge you or anything, but it's like, and especially those people know a lot about like TV shows, how to like, like you talk to those people and I'm like, you know a lot. But it's just like, that's where you're spending your energy. And I'm spending my energy somewhere else and someone else may want it. Some people don't. Right. And that's just, that's just how life works. And that's, ah, it's interesting. Well, I don't,
1: I don't have a TV. So.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> so that kind of, good for you. That kind of helps me
1: cut it off. But, but even when I do watch, like sometimes I watch, I'll watch movies. I have, I have a subscription to watch movies, but so I'll do that once a week or whatever maybe Friday or Saturday night, I don't That's watch cool. a movie, but um, there's so many more interesting things that I do in my life. And when I do try to sit down in front and watch somebody's TV show, sometimes I'm like, oh. I'm yawning in 10 minutes or whatever, because I, I don't want to watch the the ads or it's, it's kind of predictable, yeah. but, but you know, every once in a while, you just have to zone out to do something fun and watch, you know, watch your goofy show that you love. There's nothing wrong with that, but um, TV uh, speaks to it brings up a different hormone than endorphins it brings up dopamine um, video games tv drugs alcohol they all bring up dopamine it grips you much more than endorphins endorphins are just kind of happy you know friendly peaceful type of gotcha. feel good chemicals but the dopamine can really can really draw you in that's why people get hooked on stuff tv and other addictions. So I just I just don't go there, man. <laughs> <And> <laughs> for for me there was a few years where I had to I had so much work of engineering that I had to work 7 days a week and I could not afford to spend 2 or 3 hours and I stopped drinking too because I I couldn't have my brain out of commission for any, you know, tonight I can't have a hangover in the morning because I'm going to need to work. So that sort of that sort of got me out of that habit. Not that it was any, any big deal before, but, um, yeah, it's life is an experiment and find some th- things that make it feel fun and exciting to try to do whatever you're trying to accomplish and don't beat yourself up. That's number
0: one. Thank you for that. I think that's very good advice that a lot of people can benefit from. And I'm going to ask the intelligent question of the day and I, I think it's important, right? Like, you've been talking about passion, right? Like, that's just something that will release endorphins. It's important to people to find their passion. But sometimes, right, in this world where there's so many things, right, all over the place, right, how does one find their passion in a world where it's kind of crazy, (laughs) I guess, for lack of a better term?
1: For sure, I, I heard something interesting in a in a book I was reading called Four Thousand Weeks, and it's called The uh, Time Management for Mortals. We all act like we have way more time to live than we do. Four thousand weeks is about eighty years, so that's about that's about all you get, <laughs> unless you you know you might live a little bit longer, twenty more years or whatever. But um, so there was a there was a quote that was attributed to Warren Buffett. It may or may not be. Mm -hmm. He said, sit down and make a list of your 25 goals that you'd like to achieve or your 25 most favorite activities or whatever. And then you then you narrow it down to your top five and then you get rid of all those other 20 and you just Mm -hmm. focus on those five things. And if you do that, you'll actually accomplish more because you're not thinking, well, that other project was kind of interesting. I wonder if I should make a step forward on that one while I'm working on this more important one mm-hmm. that just wastes a lot of your time and your and your energy, like you said your emotional mental energy that's that's a, a real thing. so you have to preserve that every day and not get get too far behind. but um, the things that you really love, your passions they will they'll speak to you every single time they'll be like, oh yeah, you'll always get hooked in by them. So look at those things and try to make some progress on one of those every day, or maybe maybe several of them. But um, if you if you narrow it down to the things that you absolutely love. I actually enjoy organizing. <laughs> so That's cool. I've um, I had a kind of a funny story to tell on myself. I was busy trying to finish this this book and I had this hall closet it used to be organized and then it just kind of disintegrated. For an entire year, I left it that way because I'm like, I don't have time to spend on that. It's going to turn into this huge project. Then I'll have a big mess before I get it all back together. Mm -hmm. So finally, I got the manuscript done and the book published, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to clean out this closet. (laughs) It took me an hour and 22 minutes. And I said, do you know how many times in the past year I've watched a movie that was longer than that because I was so sure this project was going to take so long? So... You know, just go ahead and do what you love and focus on that. And uh, you'll make more progress than if you try to cover lots and lots and lots of different topics.
0: I love that. I think that that's the intelligent answer today. the day. That's that's awesome. I think, yeah, a lot of people, especially with the I'm just going to kind of give some of my thoughts here. But people spend their time, right? Like you're like, oh, I've how many movies have I watched? Things like that. I'm like, try this. Just once or twice, right? Like when you go for a walk or workout and just play a video, right? YouTube, Instagram, whatever, right? And your perception of time all of a sudden gets really real. Like I remember someone just told me, they're like, you want to know how much time you're wasting on YouTube? Just go and run on the treadmill and watch a video. It's going to feel very, very long, <laughs> very quick. And I'm like, and I tried it. I was like, yeah, hey, let's just see. And Right, just threw on a 20-minute uh, YouTube video. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this is a lot of time. That's just we don't think about it, right? Because we're just so into it. But thank you, Connie, for coming on. You've mentioned your book, uh, things like that. Uh, what's the best way people can reach out to you, purchase your book, uh, learn more about you? What's the best way they can get a hold of you, reach out to you? all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, the easiest
1: way is pretty simple. My, my website is called clear that's clearthespace.com. That's C L E A R T H E S P A C E.com. Just like it sounds. My book is available from the website and there's going to be some videos on there soon because that's my, that's my passion now is videos. And then it's also available awesome. on, on Amazon and Barnes Noble and Noble and local bookstores too can order it. In fact, if you go and ask for it, I'd appreciate that because then they'll start carrying it. But um, clearthespace.com is the easiest way.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you for coming on today. I enjoyed learning from you, and I'm sure those listening enjoyed learning from you.
1: Great, Josh. Thank you. I got some good ideas, too, from what you've said.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So, everyone, as you can tell, that is Connie Ellison. As you can tell, she's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. I challenge you guys, if you liked anything you heard today, to reach out to her. She dropped the information for you guys there. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you get. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.